listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. Hey, what's up, everyone? You're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus. And I know it's been a minute since I've done an episode. It's been almost a month, so apologize for not be on top of my game. Uh, I've just been in the process of uh, finding a new place to live. So uh, that took up a lot of my free time and then spending time with my family. So, yeah, so I had some personal matters that, uh, you know, I had to put first. But, uh, and then, you know, all the craziness that's going on in the world today with the uh, coronavirus. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing that word, but. It's uh, it's what's going on in the world today. So you know, I'm off work for the next several days. So I thought I would take advantage of my time off and uh, put out another episode. <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> I'm scrapping the uh, my bloody Valentine 3D. I did about half of it, and uh, it's no longer February. So. It's almost April, so uh, I might just put on the back burners till next year and uh, just kind of start from scratch and just do a whole new episode. Um, I decided I'm going to do an American Werewolf in Paris. It's one that uh, isn't talked about a lot, and uh, <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, it's It's a doozy, I'm sorry to say, if there's... American Werewolf in Paris fans out there or people who have worked on the movie. Ah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it obviously um, an American Werewolf in London is the more superior one, but uh, this is a sequel to Wolf in London. Um, it you know, isn't like, it doesn't really feel like a sequel, even though like it, it has nods to it. Uh, it definitely, I mean, I guess it is a sequel, but the time frame of American Werewolf in Paris, like just the whole, it, it doesn't feel like uh, a sequel. It feels like a whole new movie. And even though it takes the elements of, the the first movie like the um i'm assuming you guys have seen american world from london um like it takes the aspect of when the werewolf kills somebody they're like they come back undead and uh they definitely bring that back and uh and uh and i'll get into into that a little bit um uh like the you know, they use CGI and practical effects. Now, I thought the practical effects were really good, especially uh, for the undead scenes. Um, I thought it was, uh, I guess, pretty spot on. I mean, it was uh, um, pretty gruesome, you know, uh, some of the uh, the tears and the, the bites into uh, in the characters I thought were pretty convincing. Uh, I did dig that. The CGI, on the other hand, uh, 
Um, not the greatest. I mean, obviously, it's come a long ways since uh, 1997, probably 1996 when it was probably made. But uh, the film was uh, released in the United Kingdom October 31st of 1997. And then later uh, was released December 25th in 1997 in the United States. And uh, some of the countries that it was filmed in was uh, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, United States, and France. And uh, the budget was $25 million and it only raked in $26.6 million in the box office. So... It barely made its money back. <laughs> um, hey, hey, they're lucky they made their money back at least. But uh, yeah, it uh, it uh, definitely was uh, <laughs> you know not a block off or blockbuster hit. Um, I do remember watching this on. Uh, Maybe it was Cinemax. It was either Cinemax or HBO. But I remember uh, when I was younger and uh, bits and pieces of this, uh, like, of, like, the only memories I have. I don't know if I actually ever sat down and watched it from beginning to end. I just remember seeing, like, flashing back in my memory pieces. I was like, okay. I remember there was, like, a subway scene. And then come to find out that was towards the end. So, uh and then uh, the uh, the tunnel scene when they're at the uh, one of the parties, I think because there's uh, two parties that happen uh, to get uh, the werewolves to get pe- uh, humans in, uh, more or less Americans, into uh, to feast on them. So I remember one of those scenes too. <clears throat> I don't really remember the party scenes, but I remember when uh, they're trying to escape. Uh, the club party thing and they're like running through the tunnels i thought that was part of the subway but apparently it's not but uh i I don't know i thought that was you know there is a subway scene that happens towards the end of the movie um so i mean i had that mixed up but i was on the right track (laughs) um so yeah um Not trying to pause here. I'm just trying to think what. Okay, so I talked about special effects and all that. Yeah, I mean, that was like the highlight of uh, the movie. If I could praise anything about this movie, it would be the the uh, the practical effects. Um, they're really well made. Maybe not not more on uh, for the were. I did use a little bit of practical effects for the werewolves. Werewolves. But... Um, yeah, the CGI, I mean, some of it was okay, but then there was times where it was, like, too much. You know, too too cartoony, you know, too fakey. Um, but you got to think, it was 1997. I mean, CGI wasn't the greatest back then, so I kind of looked past that a little bit. Um, and then, uh, let's see, our main guy who... Who's that guy? Uh, Tom Everett Scott. He plays Andy in the movie. 
I re- recognized him from, uh, I was like, that's the guy from Dead Man on Campus. And then when I looked him up, he sure enough, he was. So I was like, all right, at least I recognize somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I don't know if he's, I think he's done some stuff since then. Um, let's see, what has he done? It's like one of the newer ones he's done. It's he's done La La Land. What was like the last horror one he's done? Hmm, I don't know. Santa Paws Two is not horror, but <laughs> I'm just kind of reading through here. Um, American drama called Backroads. Maybe that might be. It looks like he's working on a couple couple newer ones. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he's really dipped into uh, the horror genre much. I think American Werewolf in Paris and... I mean, Dead, Dead Man Campus is more of a comedy. So, I don't know. I'm sure he's probably done another horror movie. But, uh, yeah, this seems to be uh, the big one, I guess, <laughs> so far in his career. Um, and then our main girl is Julie Depley, and I think I've recognized her. Where did I see her in? Uh, she's a French-American actress, and... Swore I, I'm sorry I'm dragging this on um, they're mixing in like her TV stuff with the movies she's done I guess she was part of a, a Frankenstein uh, miniseries from 2004 it's kind of cool um I don't, I don't want to drag it on too much. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. That's kind of cool. And then I guess she's a filmmaker as well. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I thought maybe I would do this episode because uh, the app I use uh, for my podcast, it lets me see, like, where a lot of my listeners are, like, what countries they're from. I mean, it doesn't give me, like, an exact, like, who is listening, but it just kind of gives me an idea of the demographic area of where people are listening. And I'm actually getting a lot of uh, listeners from France. So I just want to say thanks, guys, for uh, listening to my podcast. And sorry I'm not putting out <laughs> as much content as maybe some of you would like, but uh, I'm trying... And, uh, you know, this isn't my full-time job, so i doing my best. Hopefully I can try to keep up to date more often. But uh, I thought maybe this would be a fun one to kind of tie in, you know, have some listeners from France. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this is uh, a Midwest podcast, so I thought I'd kind of tie in 
the horror aspect of, uh, you know, the through the demographic areas. So uh, American Werewolf in Paris. Gonna kick it off a little bit with uh, go through the movie, and I already kind of told you guys what my thoughts of it were. Um, it definitely feels like uh, the time frame of this movie definitely fits 1997. Like the soundtrack and everything and just uh, um, just how the people act in this movie too. It just, you know, this is totally a 90s film. And uh, this one was, they they, uh, pushed more of the comedy side than horror. So... So you know what you guys are getting yourself into. If you ever want to check this out, you can watch it free on Tubi and Vudu. So they do have those for free. I'm sure you could probably find it on YouTube. But uh, if you want to check it out through a streaming app, uh, you can check it out through those. And you might have to sit through some ads. But I watched it on Tubi. I got it on VHS somewhere, but it's packed up because I'm moving at the uh, beginning of April. I'll be moving, so I might be a little busy within the next couple weeks, but I'm going to try to stay on top of things. So, like I said, this was released in 1987. It's a comedy horror directed by Anthony Waller, and Anthony Waller hasn't really done much. Um, I think his last movie was 2009. Don't know if he's going to continue making anything or not. But uh, this seems to be uh, his bigger horror film, I guess. He's done some thrillers, but nothing uh, nothing out of the park, I don't think. Or, you know, hit out of the park or anything. Uh, and uh yeah so it 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 pretty much follows uh John Landis's American Werewolf in London as far as the concept it doesn't really follow the storyline it's a totally new storyline and uh um obviously this one takes place in Paris um our main guy Andy is touring and in, in, uh, is a tourist and uh, is seeing the sights in Paris with his friends. Andy is more of like, uh, how do I word it? Like he's more of like the sincere, nice guy, while his friends are like total horn dogs and and uh, they're trying to make bets on how many girls they can sleep with while they're in Paris and uh so it kicks off where they're on uh I think it's like a train oh my god I'm fucking terrible at this I'm like forgetting half of this shit I think I think they're like on like a train or uh uh I don't know I'm just gonna go with the train so like on the train and they're talking about uh you know some some kind of bet that they have between each other about how many girls they can sleep with and they're like tallying up you know 
they have like these little like, score sheet type things and uh they see a, they see a girl sitting down like oh yeah but i could get it with her and it uh you know just making dorks out of themselves and that's that's where you see the side of andy it's like come on man like you know you can't <laughs> it's just like you know the more sincere guy like the nice guy like oh i want to find true love and not you know not just looking to have sex with everybody and uh so uh they uh start kind of touring around it's showing like a montage like them touring around paris and it's kind of got i don't know like the band bush soundtrack i mean it's kind of got like music like that playing in the background and like smash mouth shit i don't know but uh <laughs> so uh yeah they're you know acting acting fools and having a good old time <clears throat> and then uh andy uh gets them to uh walk up the eiffel tower they actually walk the whole way up the stairs all the way to the top and by the time they get up there they're dead ass tired and uh i guess andy is a uh adrenaline junkie because he wants to bungee jump off of the eiffel tower and um while they're getting ready to do that um a lady which we later find out her name is seraphine is suicidal and she's up there and she jumps off the tower and uh before and andy uh you know before he gets ready to jump so when he sees her jump he jumps he i mean he has his legs and everything tied but the other end wasn't tied to anything so this is where the dimwit friends uh like oh no and so the you know so he you know it kind of flashes back and forth to uh the knucklehead friends and then uh him jumping mid-air and uh so right right before they hit the ground he he catches her and uh and uh the friends have a hold of the so you know there's some resistance there and he doesn't fall completely to the ground he bungees up but you know before um he bungees up like they it just it was planned so perfect to where he ends up leaving her on the ground like there was some resistance to her like she didn't get hurt but some you know somehow this land is so perfect to where she lands on the ground safely and and andy is bungeed back up and i think he had a hold of her shoe so he like had her by the ankle and uh then lifted up he brings back the, up the shoe with him and then all of a sudden <laughs> he hits the fucking bot like 
like not like a, a beam like a beam but like a, the bottom beam of like the upper part of the tower and uh then it kind of cuts to uh him in the hospital and he's all bandaged up all goofy ass looking and sorry i'm drinking a shitty beer called ice house <laughs> because i'm a cheap ass right now and uh and they're cheap so that's what i'm drinking if you guys like ice house my apologies but uh it's not my preferred beer i i'm more of a craft beer type guy but this will do for right now so um so Andy's kind of all uh hung up on her and uh, he wants to find out who this girl is because he thinks it's the girl of his dreams and uh oh I guess I guess I didn't, I didn't really catch this uh apparently she is the daughter of David Kessler and Alex Price the couple seen 16 years earlier in the first film Ah, so that's where I, it it is uh, a fucking direct sequel. Oh my god, that makes it even worse. I'm sorry. Like I was trying to think that this wasn't a direct sequel, but I guess it is. And it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that crushes me a little bit. So yeah, I guess she is the daughter of the couple from the first movie. So her father is a werewolf. And uh and uh so they they do some detective work. They try to figure out who she is. They they uh they find a note um a note that she had dropped cuz Andy had said something about that she dropped a note. You guys need to go back there and find it. And uh, bring it back to me. Well, it takes them a while. It takes them a while and they're... Being uh, goofballs and... Uh, are just, you know, it's just... It's not like they're just silly idiots. And uh, But they end up finding it, bring it back to him. And they find out who she is. And they go to her house. And uh, she doesn't want anything to do with them. She's trying to get them to go. Andy just insists on uh, seeing her, and uh, you know she when she answers the door, she's you know all bloody and stuff, and they're just like, "Whoa, what's all what's up with all the blood and stuff?" And she's like, "Oh, it, uh, I'm painting," and uh, and uh, it's just the acting is so awkward in it. So I mean, you'd have to watch it, but. Uh, yeah, so like they they end up believing it and stuff like that, but uh this Andy dude is just pers persistent on uh uh getting to know her and stuff. So they end up she ends up uh saying yes to like going out for coffee or whatever. So they go out for coffee and and uh his goofball friends are in the background and she sees them and they try to like act like Act like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, ninja spies or whatever, but it obviously doesn't work. They're trying to cover their face with newspaper and shit. And, uh, they were not, uh, 
definitely not good at that. So uh, she knew they were there, and and uh, and everything is just going wrong for this guy. And he like bends over, and like something happens. I forgot what happens, but like a bunch of condoms spill out of his pocket, and he was trying to say that it was bubble gum. <laughs> She's just like, and uh, she kind of mentions like you know guys are always trying to get laid and stuff and he's trying to be more like the guy it's like well that's not me my friends my friend you know he tries to blame his friends about shit but he tries to be sneaky and say that it's uh some different kind of bubble gum that's shaped like like rubbers or whatever and uh she insists on him blowing a bubble so he's chewing it <laughs> he's chewing a condom and uh Ends up blowing a big old, <laughs> big old penis-shaped bubble, and uh, and then uh, it just you know how how we uh, don't tie a balloon, just kind of let it go, and it just would fly all around, and it ends up in I think it ended up in some dude's coffee, and the guy got pissed about it, and so it kind of started a bar fight in a coffee shop, and uh, this is where we find out that. Seraphine has some pretty extraordinary strength and uh and uh that's that's I think the first sign that we see that she is most likely a werewolf and so it ends up like later on cuz I'm kind of rambling on here so <laughs> kind of speed through a little bit so, you know, they end up they end up kinda of sorta of liking each other and they want to see each other more. And uh so that night uh Andy, Chris and Brad go over to her house to, you know, see what she's up to and this guy answers and uh we end up finding out his name's Claude. And he answers the door and it's kinda of like, Oh, Seraphine, like, Oh no, she's she went out, uh, but she's definitely going to be at this nightclub tonight called Club de la Lune, and he hands him a flyer, and so you know that she's going to be there, and, uh, but we find out Claude is actually the leader of the Werewolf Society, and they use the club in a way to lure people in, and, uh, and to eat them they uh they have a bouncer watch the door lock them in and when they transform they just have their way with them and uh i mean some some of the scenes were were okay but the cgi when they transformed kind of really bummed me out because the first movie that was one of the most iconic parts in the movie was the transformation scene so seeing the werewolves transform in cgi form was kind of a letdown but i mean i get it they probably did it for money purposes because it's so much cheaper to do cgi but it just it didn't look as cool it looks super cheesy and <laughs> i mean i know a lot of horror movies are cheesy but i mean it just it really it really took you out of the movie it's like what the fuck so uh um 
that was the bummer part of it but uh you did get to see multiple werewolves killing people in the club so i mean i guess that's cool <laughs> and uh but chris escapes and goes back to seraphine's house and uh because uh earlier andy wanted chris well andy was going to go back to seraphine's house and wait while they were supposed to let him know like vice versa if seraphine's there if she's not there but uh his buddy chris insists that he will go back and then if if she's there he'll tell her to go to the club or whatever you know be like a, a good a good friend would do but uh so yeah chris wasn't even at the club when all this happened he went to the surfing's house and this is where um you know she wasn't answering the door and all that stuff and uh so he tried to kind of sneak in through like the basement out that yeah there's like some laboratory shit going on but you don't really get to see what was behind the curtain you know you could hear noises and like something scientific was fucking going on behind the curtains but uh he sees seraphine locked in a jail cell and she's trying to get him to like go go you know like you're not supposed to be here and uh then that's where he finally says that uh you know andy and uh and brad are at the club and she knows what's going on and she's like all right the keys are over there You're like you got to get me out of here we got to go get them they're in danger so uh so they end up i think they end up going back yeah they end up going back to the club to try to save them and uh Seraphine tells Andy to run away. Like she kind of gets him to go through the tunnels that I was kind of mentioning earlier. I thought it was a subway, but it's not the subway. It's just the tunnels from from where the club leads out of, like some secret passageway shit. And so he's trying to get Andy to run away, and he's just happy to see her. He doesn't really understand what's going on, and uh, she's pretty much transforming into a werewolf. But uh, she's trying to hold her own. She really wants to help him. And, uh, you know, she's really pushing Andy to, like, you know, get him to fucking run. And then he starts seeing her transform. And it's like, you know, what's wrong with you? Stuff like that. And uh, I think that's where he kind of comes to, like, understanding that shit is fucked up. <laughs> um, so... I think by this by this point everyone has turned into a werewolf even even uh including Claude and uh they pretty much massacre everybody and uh but um this is this is where one of his friends dies Brad and uh this is this was our uh our main undead friend. So Brad is killed by a werewolf. And Andy is bitten by another werewolf when he tries to escape. So the next day, Andy wakes up at Seraphine's house. 
and uh, Seraphine's like blending up some like organs in a blender, and he's still like shook up. He, you know, he thought that he was like on some drugs or some shit. Like he got fucked up. I thought it was like a dream and shit, but uh, um, so Seraphine allows him to like feel around, like try to seduce him a little bit to to calm him down and kind of be in control of the situation, and then that's where she tells him that he's transforming into a werewolf, and uh, and uh, he's not really believing it, but uh. While they're kind of in the middle of this uh, erotic moment, uh, it's interrupted by uh, the ghost of Seraphine's mother, Alex. And Andy fucking freaks out. And he <laughs> he jumps out of the fucking window and just starts running away. And, uh, yeah. So, he's running and... Uh, his buddy Chris is trying to meet up with, or, you know, trying to catch up to him and, uh, you know, kind of rally up the troops, so to speak, and figure out what the fuck they're going to do. Um, but, uh, Claw grabs him and, uh, you know, kind of puts his mouth over, or his hand over his mouth and, uh, holds him hostage and takes him to the basement. Then all of a sudden, Brad's ghost appears to Andy and explains that Andy's, you know, explains Andy's werewolf, like, powers and stuff to him. Because uh, Andy's just kind of in disbelief of all this. So Brad came back undead, is trying to uh, lay down, lay down the... Uh, you know, what the hell is going on, and, uh, um, and, uh, you know, explains, like, uh, what Andy needs to do to get normal again, he must eat the heart of a werewolf that bit him, and for Brad's ghost to be arrested, uh, the werewolf that killed him must be killed, too. So, Andy's starting to realize what he needs to do, but he, I don't know if, if he was too keen on the whole idea of uh, becoming a werewolf, but I mean, it's, it's inevitable, he's going to have to do it. So, he starts developing an appetite for raw meat, and uh, um, hooking up with an American tourist named Amy, and she's kind of like a ditzy character and uh he ends up taking her out on a date and uh you know shit is not normal with Andy like he is making a fool out of himself but they both have been drinking and she is like wasted so she just thinks this is all fun and uh um she realizes like because, you know, Andy's transforming and he's not normal, blah, blah. She starts running. And uh, this whole scene takes place in a graveyard where she's trying to run. And there's also a cop who had been tailing him. 
I mean, I didn't mention before, but there's a cop that's just kind of trying to catch on to, uh, he thinks, you know, he thinks that Andy has something to do with some of the killings that's going on, so he's been kind of tailing him. But apparently, he is, uh, is just kind of tailing the whole situation and, uh, is watching, uh, Andy chase, uh, Amy. And, uh, Andy ends up killing her, ends up cutting her, or not cutting her up, but, you know, tearing her up. And then she becomes undead as well. And then, uh, he also kills the cop too. And, uh, so Amy is trying to, uh, get Andy to, to kill himself so that, uh, she could, uh, you know, her body can get saved and whatnot because, you know, in order for her body to be at rest, that werewolf that killed the person must be killed in order, you know, blah, 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 blah. So when she's undead, she's trying any way to uh, get him to die, like trying to drag him into like the middle of the street and get hit by a bus. But Andy's good old buddy Brad is kind of countering it and like pulling him away from danger and uh you know because he needs his buddy to help him you know to help each other that's what friends are for right so later cuts to uh claude and his henchmen are trying to ask andy to join their society but he must prove his loyalty and he must kill his friend Chris. Well, Andy wasn't having it. He said that he would rather die than uh, kill his friend. So that's where they try to attack Andy. And uh, Andy tries to fight him off. And uh, it, uh, it gets to the point where they, they uh, corner Andy. Then all of a sudden, Seraphine comes, kicks down the door, and throws like a Molotov cocktail to uh, to uh, the uh, the chase of uh, you know. <laughs> so you know they're able to to run and kind of kind of pushes them back for a little bit, saves them some time. And uh, while while they're escaping. Um, she explains that her stepfather prepared like some kind of drug to control werewolf transformations. So, um, but the drug forces werewolves to immediately transform into their beast form. So that's where, you know, it's like a prototype. So, uh, as a result, she killed her mother and, and savaged her stepfather. Um, and then you find out like her stepfather's legs are had must have been gnawed off and that's why he's bedridden and hooked up to these machines but by the time they get back Claude and the other werewolves raid Seraphine's stepfather's lab and kill him and they take the drugs to transform immediately so dun, 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 they're in a predicament Trying to, uh, you know, because they need that that shit. And uh, 
So Seraphine and Andy learn of uh, a 4th of July party that Claude has planned. And they, they want to infiltrate it. So this 4th of July party, he wants Americans there because he claims that he loves Americans. And we know that now by uh, because he loves to eat them. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, while the party's going on, they, they infiltrated, they fit, and uh, the the cops even kind of show up and raid it, and they want to shut it down, and uh, and uh, this is where shit pops off, where uh, they, they lock all of them in with the cops and everything, and they the werewolves uh, that are part of Claude's you know, Claude's henchmen, they all start injecting themselves with the serum, including Claude. And uh, this is where they turn into vampires, not vampires, they, they turn into werewolves and uh, start, uh, you know, I think they do kill, you know, they, they kill some people, but, you know, it just created chaos. And uh, I think even some of the cops got killed. And as this big old fight happens, they're shooting, werewolves are eating people, but Andy manages to kill the werewolf that ate Brad's heart, and then that sent that sets Brad free. So he kind of has a little moment there, well, uh, a moment there where, you know, Brad's like, "Oh, good luck, guys," you know, "Thanks for saving me," blah blah, blah. and then he kind of disappears and. A dust in the wind. So uh, Andy and Seraphine managed to kill quite a few of them werewolves. And uh, with Seraphine shifting to her beast form to fight when she runs out of ammunition. And uh, during uh, two where you know, it's a scene where two werewolves are fighting now. And uh, Andy doesn't know which one is which he ends up shooting one of them the one that uh i'm gonna say the dominant one because uh the werewolf on top ended up wounding the bottom one pretty bad so he thought that claude was the top one he shoots the top one it turns out that he had shot seraphine so we have a moment where you know he is in disbelief of what just happened. He wants to get her help, but she says like it's too late, and to you know just get out of there while you can. But he insists on trying to get her out. Then all of a sudden, some cops show up. Like, hey, stop right there! They try shooting him, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna leave you here. They'll help you." And uh, but before, I mean, right before that moment, she wants him to kill her, and that's where he's like, "No, we're gonna get you help and stuff like that." So he ends up leaving her behind so that the cops could could take her to the hospital or something. And uh, he ends up making a break for it and he escapes because the cops are, sh are shooting at him. <laughs> and uh, then, then it jumps to uh, Claude is making his way into a subway train. And, uh, and, uh, 
I think he he ended up injecting himself, and then uh, Andy ended up grabbing one of the serums too and injected himself. So then we got another werewolf fight on the subway, and uh, then all of a sudden they kind of uh, uh, I don't know they they end up on the tracks and. Uh, Andy's kind of pushing them down, I think, <laughs> and uh, pretty much causes to where the train slams into him and uh, causing him to transform back to a human form. He tries to take another dose of the drug, but Andy stops him. So as they fight, Andy discovers that Claude is the werewolf that bit him due to the scar on, the le- on his left shoulder because he had stabbed the werewolf with like a a cross designed like spearhead like a spear with like a I don't know it, I can't explain it like it, this the scar looks like a like a plus sign kind of thing so he knew exactly what that was and uh when Claude tries to inject himself with the drug but he accidentally injects Andy instead, and that's where Andy transforms into a werewolf, kills Claude, and eats his heart, and then howls. And then breaking the werewolf curse, Seraphine is taken in by an ambulance, but she begins showing signs of transforming. The EMT, thinking she's going into shock, administers adrenaline, which stops the transformation. Sedative, which was thought to be the cure, actually triggered the change, and adrenaline had an opposite effect. So that's where they kind of have like their happy moment, where you know the bad guy's dead, the curse is broken, all that fun stuff. So when we get towards the end, the final scene. Um, depicts uh seraphine and andy celebrating their wedding and they're on top of the statue of liberty and uh andy's pal chris is there as well and he's kind of like the uh the best man i'm guessing and uh ask him for the ring and uh uh being as clumsy as his ass is, he drops the ring and it starts rolling. Everybody's kind of running after the ring, like, oh no, oh no. And uh, the the ring rolls off, and we have another falling sling. Uh, Seraphine and Andy both jump off, and Andy ends up catching the ring, and they end up catching each other, and it was another bungee jump type scene, but they made it look like it wasn't a bungee jump scene. You know how it was fall, how they were falling. You couldn't see the bungee cord until until they wanted you to see it. So they, I guess, lived happily ever after. <laughs> but uh, no, I guess uh, in an alternate ending, after Andy eats Claude's heart. Seraphine had a vision of her stepmother in the back of an ambulance explaining how he found a cure before his death. Um, 
the new scene closing uh, the new closing scene like it's this is an alternate ending uh, shows Seraphine and Andy having a child whose eyes shift to look like the werewolves so I didn't see that ending but uh, I'm just reading it here that there was an alternate ending so that would have been interesting to see but I mean I don't think there's another sequel after Paris so I could see why because they barely made their money back but yeah that's about it for American Werewolf in Paris I guess let me know did you guys ever check this one out did you enjoy it you know did you think it was <laughs> shit <laughs> or I don't know that sounds harsh I don't know do you guys not like it? Let me know. Um, if there's any other movies, I guess you guys want me to talk about, let me know. I know some people were asking me about uh, maybe doing some like Japanese horror, which would be cool. I'll get around to that at some point. Uh, maybe I'll start looking now and and finding one. I know there's one I really want. To cover, it's called the Jitters. It's uh, I think it was late '80s. Um, it's it's a really fun uh, hopping Japanese vampire movie, and uh, it's got James Hong in it from uh, tons of stuff. Uh, the Mind, and this is what this movie kind of reminds me like a little bit. I don't know, maybe just because he's in it, it just kind of gives me that vibe of. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China mixed with, like, some crazy martial arts shit, like, towards the end. Like, this almost, like, Power Ranger type shit. <laughs> it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want to check. I mean, I've, I, I definitely want to uh, cover that at some point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really... Um, get anything prepped as far as uh um anything really i mean the main thing i wanted to talk about was american world from paris i didn't really you know have anything prepared as far as like plugging anything i guess you can uh if you haven't already follow our paid horror podcast and uh we're pretty much everywhere on uh, all the uh, podcast platforms except for iTunes. I don't know if I'll ever get on iTunes, so sorry about that, guys, if you're big iTunes people. But we're on, like, Spotify, Anchor, um, Google Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Um, I did, like, a prototype on some T-shirts. They, they came out pretty cool. Like, I... I uh, I went through Spreadshirts just to test out the quality and, and whatnot. And uh, the shirt quality was, like, phenomenal. Like, they turned out really nice. Except for, like, the logo was, like, lighter colored than I was wanting. So, um, I'm still going to kind of um, kind of look around and, uh, and try to, you know, come up with... with uh, the best route I want to take 
because I do want to get some shirts made. I did get some stickers made, not a lot. Like I think I got like 15 stickers just to uh, test out some qualities. And they're like super good quality. So um, I think they're even waterproof. But uh, we ended up putting one on a uh, antibacterial soap. I'm sure you guys have seen my post. <laughs> and uh said now available, like Root Horror Podcast soap. That's kind of a joke. But uh, I don't know. Um, so we might have some stickers in the future. Uh, but, you know, just with all this stuff going on right now... Um, you know, everyone trying to quarantine themselves and just stay away from from people. And I'm trying to refrain from, like, ordering online and stuff until all this is cooled down. So I might not be putting any merchandise out for a while until, you know, I make sure everything's all cool. So I'll just kind of keep making content. Um, send me an instant message or email me at rudehorror at gmail.com and you know just converse with me and you know is is there any good movies you guys seen lately any you want me to cover uh you know just throw me some ideas and uh otherwise i'll just kind of come up with whatever i come up with um yeah, I don't know what the next episode is going to be. Um, I'll probably like throw something like on my Instagram story or, you know, one of the social media outlets and just throw out there what my next topic is going to be. So, uh, yeah, guys, hope you enjoyed the, the video or not video. <laughs> the, uh, hope you enjoyed the episode and, uh, And uh, I'll put out another episode, hopefully, within a week or two. Peace. You have been listening to the Root Horror Podcast. If you like this content and would like to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe. If you dare. <laughs>